Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Oh, wow! We are just... Coming off an incredible Veg Fest LA extravaganza. We had such a great time. I think I saw some like 10, 15,000 people there, maybe more. And uh, we had Renee King Sonnen of Rowdy Girl Sanctuary speaking at the Animal Rights Leaders Panel with Gene Bauer of Farm Sanctuary, as well as. Leah Garces, the new president of Mercy for Animals, and Judy Mancuso of Social Compassionate Legislation. Meanwhile, I wake up this morning and I look at the headlines and everywhere the headlines are, oh my God, the mass extinction has begun. Apparently, the New York Times has discovered this now, (laughs) as well as Yahoo News. Well, they could have asked us 10 years ago, we would have told them. But one thing they're not doing is connecting the dots to animal agriculture. So, Ironically, one lead is, oh, tariff wars are hurting the stock market. And then right underneath that is the six mass extinction is officially underway. A new report's out. We're killing a million species and we're all doomed. But they don't make the connection. Okay, they don't make the connection between the pork that's being exported back and forth and uh, the pigs and the destruction of the forests to grow crops to feed 50 to 70 billion animals do you think they really don't make the connection or are they you know just not wanting to say it out loud they're in denial here's the thing climate change denial comes in a lot of different forms sure it can come in the uh, fox news way where there's no climate change you know uh not right right you know uh Then there can be the progressives and the liberals who say, yeah, there's climate change. Fight it, fight it. But I'm going to eat my turkey and my chicken and my steak. And don't you dare call me out on that because I'm an environmentalist, quote unquote. Right. Then there's the conservationists who are spending a lot of money at fancy galas that I go to in Beverly Hills to save animals from hunters. But they're serving steak which is the real reason why all those animals are being wiped out because their habitats are being wiped out. We are only 7.7 billion humans. We raise and kill between 56 and 70, some say 100 billion land animals, not including fish. Those animals eat a lot more than we do. When you look at entire forests and you're flying over America and you just see farmland, 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 you think, oh, the world's breadbasket. No, it's all being grown to feed pigs and cows and chickens and turkeys. 70% of soy is fed to farm animals. Terrible. So, Renee Kingstone, tell us what you're doing because we're not against ranchers. We're not against farmers. She is a former cattle rancher. She is a former animal farmer, but she had a moment of clarity. And now Renee is going to tell you what she's doing to help other farmers get out of a horrible trap because they're factory farming the farmers too. They make five cents a chicken. They're getting diseases in these ammonia-filled warehouses. They are stocked with onerous loans. It's a horrible system and they're victims too. So tell us, Renee. Yeah, you know, um, I saw the light 
oh, you know, about in October 31st, 2014, I went vegan. And then I started Rowdy Girl Sanctuary February 20th, 2015. That is the actual nonprofit date. What happened is when I began to see these animals as individuals, these calves as, as babies that wanted the milk of their mother, not the milk of, you know, anybody else's mother out there. They wanted their own mother's milk. When I started seeing this because I was feeding Rowdy Girl, I began to have a real epiphany. It began to, light bulbs began to come on for me. And I began to see with realize their world instead of the world we were imposing upon them as quote unquote food, commodities, inventory. And when I began to see that, it really shook me. I went vegan as a result. My cattle ranching uh, farmer uh, husband also went vegan uh, May 20th, 2015, and or May 2nd. And as a result of that, you know, I began to talk to other cattle ranchers, other farmers, uh, particularly wives of uh, animal farmers, families, but, but, but also cattle ranchers themselves and other farmers. And when I began to have these real conversations, the light bulb again began to go off that I was not only an animal advocate, but I was also becoming a rancher's advocate. I would have these conversations in the most unlikely of places. I'd have my phone, I'd be out in the fields, you know, with my husband, uh, taking care of the cows, and I'd get a phone call, and I'd be having these conversations out in the middle of the fields. And I, and I found that I really wanted to have these conversations. And I began to cry with them, I began to hear them. I began to offer, you know, any solutions I could possibly give them based on our own experience uh, I began to give them that so that they could get some strength out of that, some hope out of that. You know, this is this is all I was doing because I knew didn't have anything else I could do at the time. But for some reason, that began to magnify into the next thing that has grown into what is now called the Rancher Advocacy Program. And the Rancher Advocacy Program is actually now uh, a thing. It's on my website, yes, rowdygirlsanctuary.org slash RAP. If you go there, you too can see more of what we're doing. You can see some of the farmers that are actually in our program. And the, the main uh, farmers right now that the spotlight is on is the Barrett Family Farm. The Barrett Family Farm is in Wicks, Arkansas. And they are your just beautiful American family. Rodney and Jennifer Barrett living their living the American dream as you know uh, chicken farmers <laughs> laugh out loud uh, chicken farmers cattle ranchers you know their family used to do the same thing and they inherited the chicken farm and so Jennifer and Rodney used to send 100,000 chickens every 52 days to the slaughterhouse a hundred thousand chickens you know to get your mind around that is uh you know i just can't hardly i mean we have we have 40 approximately 40 chickens at rowdy girl sanctuary and when i imagine a hundred thousand chickens i i'm just blown away because these chickens have real emotional lives mental lives they they, they, they love being alive, you know, to witness them, you know, actually in their environment, doing what they want to do. is such a gift to me today. 
And I know it is to Jennifer too, because I've heard her talk about, you know, how the, the chickens, you know, would have to just sit in their own urine, in their own feces, how they were just crowded together and, you know, and unable to have any, any type of life at all. And I know for a fact that, you know, the God that I have come to know would never, has never, there's nothing like that anywhere in the ancient text. And so why in the world have we decided that this is what is supposed to be called food? It's the most abominable uh, act I have ever, ever, uh, you know, come to realize. And to think that I was walking in my sleep, sleepwalking, just like a zombie, chomping on the flesh and bones and tendons and blood of other beings, dead, hacked up beings. I used to do that and have prayers over that food. and Thank God for their life of sacrifice. Bull S. They did not live a life of sacrifice. They lived a life of total H-E-double-L, and it was all behind humans. So to see now these chicken farmers that have admitted you know, the diabolical um, business that they were in, now become vegan, uh, to know that those barns are empty, to know that, you know, the cattle that are on their uh, pastures are free from ever going to uh, slaughter, you know, to the fact that we are now working with a mushroom consultant to help convert their farm uh, to mushrooms, it's just an amazing experience. They're going to be a veganic farm, Jane. Well, I mean, it has to happen. And what, what really drives me completely crazy is that people who are environmentalists refuse to make the connection. It's not brain surgery. We are 7.7 billion humans. We raise and kill between 56 and 70, some say 100 billion animals who eat constantly. Do you ever see a pig or a cow? They're eating whenever they can. They're fattened up for slaughter. They're kept immobilized so that they don't expend calories. And their waste is far greater than humans. Their consumption is far greater. They eat 40 times what they produce as food. So if you, if you look at the sheer volume, it's not what we're doing. It's who we're eating is doing. Yeah. And why is it that people simply cannot make this connection? I don't understand it. And I think the main reason is they don't want to change. In other words, it's so much easier to point the finger, whether it's at the administration, which is officially climate change deniers. I mean, you read every day they're taking climate change information out of the, out of the, the discussion, out of position papers, out of websites. So they're officially climate change deniers. They've got their head in the sand. But if you're eating animals and you're t- joking about all the wings you ate and all the turkeys you ate while you're just pointing the finger at climate change deniers, you're a climate change denier too. And it's like we try. We try nicely. We try intensely. We try in many, many different ways. I just finished a documentary on this called Prevent Year Zero. I sent it to some people. Um, Of course, the vegans watch it, but the people who aren't vegan who need to see it, they literally do not watch it. 
Okay, they don't want to know. They do not want to change. It reminds me of when I was in my disease of alcoholism. All right, we've got some, yeah, and I didn't want to change. And if anybody told me, you know, you need to stop drinking, I'd be like, I don't like that person. Right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, let's go to Lazio in Sedona, Arizona. Uh, Lazio, what's your question or thought, my dear? Hi, thank you. Yes, I wanted to ask a rowdy girl. I know that she took in about $500,000 last year. And as I understand it, they only had 28 cows. So I was just wondering, how much were they actually making annually? I know that Tommy was not a cattle rancher. Of course, he worked for Dow Chemical. But how much did they make on that side little job as compared to what they're making now off the vegan donation? Oh, thank you for your question. Let me say one thing. Um, one of the big problems that we have in our movement is infighting. Okay? This woman is changing the world. Okay. And, you know, part of that is withstanding um, people who are just attackers, you know. Um, and I can testify the incredible work that Renee King Sonnen is doing to spread the word about how we can evolve farming. So um, there are the haters out there who, for whatever reason, um, you know, want to tear. Uh, Renee and Tommy down and I just will say I will pray for you um, they're doing incredible work and uh, you know wherever you get your numbers and cook them up in your head have a fun time with that soup because um, it's a toxic soup that's all I'll say let's get back so you to, won't answer the question well your question is a false premise she didn't make half well, a million no, dollars last year okay <laughs> Calling her a cattle rancher is a false premise. She was not a cattle rancher. Renee, were you a cattle rancher or were you selling some high-level marketing? And they have a calf-cow operation, and I've been there, and I've seen the cattle that they no longer slaughter. So unless I was hallucinating on mushrooms, which I don't do because I'm 24 years sober, um, I saw the cows and I saw the other animals there. Okay, so... Did you... Uh, take a reality pill and give us a call back when you've uh, finished uh, re-examining the premise of your question. Let's go to another caller. Dolly in Houston, what's your question or thought, Dolly? Yes, I just want to say that I love Renee. I love you, Jane. And um, I'm from Houston, Texas. And I know about Renee's Rancher Advocacy Program. I support it. And I want to know what's, what's in the future. What are we going to be doing uh, in the future? helping more um, farmers, well, thank you know, you, turn their ranch into a, um, into like a vegetable farm instead of, you know, um, animals. Thank you so much for the question. And, uh, you know, to, to be doing anything, um, you know, for the first time is incredibly difficult. And working with the Barrett Family Farm, working with uh, this other farm that's coming up, uh, the trailers and, Huntsville, Texas. I mean, we are actually, you know, learning so much as we go, our team, because we have all of these wonderful, wonderful professionals that are dedicating, donating their time, their experience, and their resources to help us determine exactly the steps that we have to do and continue to do so that we can advance the conversions of farms into the future. And so what we're doing right now is establishing protocols establishing models you know right now we've got a chicken farmer that's converting so this is going to be a model in arkansas 
you know, all the climates are different, all the, the ground is different, the topographies, you know, the climate. And so depending on whether it's a chicken farm, a cattle farm, a pig farm, you know, a, you know, a goat farm, you know, and what location it is, uh, you know, it's going to all depend on the types of models that we are uh, going to be creating for the future. If you follow, um, um, if you look up rowdygirlsanctuary.org slash RAP, there's, um, there's some information in there that can really help you see some of the, guide, the guidelines that we are at right now uh, and how we're doing this. But, you know, it's just, uh, you know, we've got a lot of support. We've got incredible support, you know, and, and, and that's what makes me know that no matter, no matter what, happens out there in the world we don't have a lot of time to be messing around you know we've got to get this work done and so I am so grateful that there are organizations people in the world that really care enough to put their money into our organization because we are actually showing the world not just the next door neighbor that this can be done we are on the front lines of this change. We are creating it right now as we go, and we have all kinds of professionals helping us. We have committees every week, two or three different committees every week, helping us evolve the different aspects of the program, whether it be, you know, how we're going to get the buyers for the mushrooms, you know, where the distribution is going to come from, you know, people are researching, you know, solar farms, people researching, uh, wind farms. We have all sorts of teams on top of this. We have an ecologist. We have, you know, a veganic agriculture specialist that anytime I'm talking to a farmer that, you know, he gets on the phone and he wants to know about the land. He, he goes over there. He does test samples and checks the soil. So, you know, there's a lot to it, a whole lot. Thank you, Dolly, for the question. So we were at VegFest LA yesterday and we had a discussion about how organizations can work together. And I know one of the things that you want to do is create kind of like an expo slash museum. Because sometimes when you see things, you get it in a way that you don't when you just read about them or hear about them. And I'll use an example of the Civil Rights Museum. I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and I was there on a work assignment and I had some time and I went to the Civil Rights Museum. And it was amazing because it took me through this whole little uh, sort of path where I learned a lot. I learned about why African-American churches are more political because when um, in the days of Jim Crow, the mainstream media would not cover, the newspapers would not cover anything happening in the African-American community. So whether it was schools that had no chairs or a broken ceiling or lack of water, it was like it wasn't happening. Very similar to what's happening today with animal rights, where we were just at a festival yesterday with 15,000 people. You'd think that there would be some media there, but no, they never cover it. So we do social media to try to get the word out. We've got a caller, Lindsay from Woodland Hills. Your question or thought, Lindsay? I just wanted to make a comment um, that I really, really appreciate what Renee is doing and you, of course, Jane, but particularly, Renee, the way you are changing hearts and minds in Texas. And I love the song, Texas is going vegan, don't have a cow. It's such a great theme. I, you know, I think it's so difficult to have the courage in a, to go into a place where 
people are totally opposed to your point of view in most cases, and bringing that point out and being successful and turning people around, I think is just amazing, and I want to commend you for that. Thank you, Lindsay, so much. You know, that that song was so much fun. Jane was the brainchild, really, of that song, and then we together, oh, yeah. we lyrics together. Yes, because I'm a city girl who grew up in midtown Manhattan across the street from Carnegie Hall, but I always wanted to be a country girl wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah. Notice, I'm the city yeah. girl wearing a cowboy hat, but <laughs> she's the country girl, and she doesn't wear cowboy hats. Sometimes, but it has to, be, yes. it has to have a Texas flair to it, so yeah. I'm kind of picky. But Lindsay, I, you know, thank you so much. I hope you, uh, uh, you know, if there's anything that uh, we can do or share with you regarding, you know, what we're doing, you know, anytime, if you want to message me, if you want to call me, I'm uh, very, very available. Just let me know. Thank you so much. I will do that, Renee. Sounds like thank a plan. You, Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a okay. very short break and uh, we're going to be back in a couple of seconds with more uh, from Renee Kingsonen of a Rowdy Girl Sanctuary, changing the world and helping farmers evolve to do farming without harming. All right, stay right there. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to janeunchainednews at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, we are here with the one and only Renee King Sonin, and we are so, so happy to have her on Voice America Influencers today. She is a powerhouse Thank of you. firework who is changing the world. Tell us about that experience you had when you, you are also a country singer. That's why we recorded that song, uh, Texas is Going Vegan. Tell us about how you went out to play music in the field with the cows and you had an awakening. Tell us about that. Sure. You know, having, um, you know, sung all my life and having bands on the road and writing songs, it's always been a piece of my heart. 
uh, songwriting. I've got over 100 songs that I've written. I play the guitar. And so, you know, I used to do that professionally. Uh, that's all I did on the road, you know, for a living is I was out there making money, you know, in these country country joints all, all over the place. I was on the road. Well, when, uh, when I went vegan and started um, falling in love with the cows, it was very natural for me to want to just go out there and be with them and take my guitar. And so I would tote my guitar over my back and wander out into the fields and just plop myself down. And I would begin to just watch them. I would watch them. I would start playing and picking my guitar. And I would just let whatever I was feeling about the metamorphosis uh, that had happened to me. Uh, literally, I felt like I had become something other than what I was. And to, to actually see uh, these animals different than I had seen them, it just created such a emotional um, opening for me, a place inside of me opened that had never, I had never, ever, ever been inside of in my soul. And the music that started flowing, the words that started flowing were um, uh, just, it was part of my spiritual experiences. I mean, it was just, it was amazing to be able to play my guitar and to hear myself singing about the cows, you know, going into the red trailer, for instance, you know, uh, you know, cause I remember What's the red trailer. Yeah. The red trailer is uh, it's actually the trailer that, you know, Tommy used to load all the calves up to go to the cell barn where they were sold, you know, as chattel, just to go to slaughter or to be fattened up in a feedlot or to go to another ranch where they were going to be enslaved, you know, to make babies so that they could be sold. It never ended well. And, you know, I, I watched this happen for several years before I finally broke down. And that red trailer became very iconic for me. Every time I saw it getting ready to go, it went out in the middle of that field. And every time I saw my husband and his partner uh, begin the process of loading those cattle up, uh, and those babies, it some my heart started beating fast, you know, progressively, you know, one year after the other, my husband had to hide the process from me. Uh, but I could also, I could always tell, uh, and I wasn't vegan, but I, my heart was opening. I was softening. I, I'm so grateful. I didn't harden. I'm so grateful that like a lot of, you know, cattle ranchers, wives out there and families, you know, they, they, they harden their heart to the process uh, to the point to where, you know, they have to do that or, or they would break down and have a nervous breakdown like I really almost did. Uh, you know, you, you, just, you just can't allow yourself to experience that level of sadness and grief uh, and function. And so you have to compartmentalize those feelings uh, if you're going to, and that's what cattle ranchers do. It's not that they don't love their animals uh, because they do, you know. Yeah. Yeah, now... When you opened your heart and you started observing the cows, you started seeing them as individuals and you started noticing things that you had never noticed about their personalities and about how um, they form bonds and they even have babysitters for the babies. Tell us all about that. <laughs> yeah, that was the fun. Uh, that was the fun awakening. You know, when I began to observe um, Tippy, uh, his name was Tippy. And Tippy would, I had a tip on his tail. And uh, that's how he got his name. And I would watch the mama cows with their babies. You know, they would lead them off to a shrub somewhere and they would make sure they were nice and nestled and settled. 
And then I would watch Tippy go over there and look at the mom, nudge the baby, look at the mom again, and then kind of nod and mama would walk off. So, so Tippy became the babysitter. Tippy would watch the baby while mama would go off and graze, get some water, you know, just, you know, it's kind of like Mother's Day out. Oh, <laughs> wow. We've got another caller, Stephanie from Venice Beach. What's your question or thoughts, Stephanie? I'm sorry, say that one more time. What's your question or thoughts, Stephanie? Thanks for calling. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm just, I really love what you're doing and I, I want to get involved and I want, I'm wondering how, how I can get involved and how I can share it to get involved with other people. I just, I, I really love what you guys are doing. It's amazing. There needs to be more awareness of this and people need to be more educated. Thank you. Yes, yeah, Stephanie. Um, if you, if you go to rowdygirlsanctuary.org slash RAP, that's the, where the information is. And there's a form on there that you can fill out to join the coalition. That's one thing. Like if you have oh. skills or talents or, you know, or, or resources, that sort of thing, you can get involved that way. And you can also follow uh, Ranch Advocacy Program on Facebook and Instagram and Rowdy Girl Sanctuary on Instagram. Yeah, it's going to take a whole team of people because Renee certainly can't do it alone. First of all, she and Tommy have their sanctuary and they've got, how many animals do you have on the sanctuary? 133. Okay, 133 animals. Now I know from having three doggies and a cat, <laughs> that that's a lot of work uh, for three dogs and a cat. It feels like a full-time job. Imagine more than 100 animals. So then she's also doing REF, which is the Rancher's Advocacy Program. And so she needs a whole team of people. And for example, I met this PhD student, Olivio, mm -hmm. And he was actually at the Veg Fest yesterday, came to hear you. Um, and uh, he was like, I love this. I want to get involved. I said, well, what are you good at? He says, well, I'm very good at research because I'm uh, a, a, a scholar of Latin and Greek. Mm -hmm. And I know how to research. I know how to study things. So I said, great. I uh, introduced him via email. And so he's going to be doing some research. Like when she has a question about, oh, how do you convert mushroom uh, chicken farming to mushroom farming? And what's the process? And what's the distribution and da, da 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 she can give that as an assignment to him and he can provide all sorts of research with links that would take her hours to do she's not as good at that as a phd student so that's the kind of thing that we're doing is whatever you do maybe you could share that we can figure out how it would dovetail with what renee's doing let me just kind of give you a for instance yeah too. silvio uh silvio right? silvio yeah yeah, and uh, there's, of course, Paul McGee Berry, who's on our board of directors, and Jane's on our board of directors, and also Jane really, really is involved in rap. She is the one that introduced Silvio to me and other people that she's introduced to us. Uh, you know, that's a big part. If you can introduce the, you know, folks to the program that can really, uh, you know, participate in a huge way. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a huge way. I mean, like we have Ananda Bhavani, for instance. She and her sister, Lonica, uh, whom I got to uh, meet at the expo. There are they are on our committee to help figure out all the different types of you know plant-based foods that these farmers could be growing and that sort of thing. And so we're creating spreadsheets and you know we're doing all kind of things like that. Paul McGee Berry is uh, who's on our board is our project coordinator. I mean, he's like my right arm in helping me, um, you know, figure out, you know, some of the details that need to be executed, you know, every single day. Uh, I, you know, I, 
I used to do Ryuji Chua. Of course, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Paul McGee Berry, we got Ryuji uh, Chua, who is my partner in, uh, in Two Rowdy Vegans uh, podcast. He does all of our social media content. Uh, you know, all those... Sorry, sorry. All those one-minute videos that uh, you see on Instagram, that's Ryuji. And follow him at Peace by Vegan. He is an amazing young social media influencer. And then we also have, you know, folks uh, like Jerry Devereaux, who just joined us um, just about three or four weeks ago, who is helping us with our summit. We are having, yeah, we're going to have a wrap summit. And, man, you need to get on that committee, Jane, for real. I think right. you ought to be on that committee. I'm, okay. I'm soliciting her right now. All right. I'll join the committee. What's the committee? The RAP Summit is – we're trying to maybe have it in February, but the summit is going to be uh, – we're going to be actually involved with Seed the Commons. Seed the Commons is, like, involved in food politics, kind of, you know, like making sure that, you know, all the, uh, the, the communities are getting food, uh, resourcing it, sourcing it organically and – you know, just getting the politics out of food is a big deal. And so uh, Seed the Commons uh, is going to be working with us on this. And we're going to be bringing in all our farmers we're working with. We're going to be bringing in uh, the Barretts. We're going to be bringing in uh, the trailers and all of that. That's going to be a huge piece. And then also have veganic farmers that are out there ju- that are vegan and, and growing veganically. We want to bring them in. And we want to bring vendors. And we want to have workshops and discussion. Talk about what's working uh, in the Rancher Advocacy Program, you know, profile what's working, and then also discuss the challenges that we're having in the Rancher's Advocacy Program. Like, for instance, what do you do with all the animals that are displaced as a result of these farmers and ranchers going up plant-based or doing another sustainable way of uh, business that doesn't harm animals? I mean, think about all these cows and chickens and goats and pigs uh, and horses even, you know, uh, that that will be displaced when these farmers get it. You know, when farmers finally get it, it's not that they don't love animals. That's why they do what they do. But when they finally get it, they're going to see with real eyes that they've got to stop farming animals and do something different. But now the dilemma is, what do I do with these animals? There's there's plenty of, of, uh, of space on this planet, but it's just being used wrong. And so we've got to solve this problem. And that's one of the big problems uh, that I I, I talk about it. I keep talking about it because I can't figure this out on my own, but I can certainly talk about it. I know it needs to be done. Uh, Star Love Ranch, who is also in our Rancher Advocacy Program, uh, Holly and Davey Shockwell, they're in Giddings, Texas. And they also are, uh, their family is like a sixth or seventh generation uh, cattle ranch farmer. And they went vegan, and they are not doing anything with those those animals. All the cows that are on that land are saved from slaughter. And they have a big vision. They are really wanting to teach sustainability and show uh, farmers how to change from, you know, using the land wrong to using the land right. And, and, and let me say this. These farmers could really benefit from this. Because what I hear is they're making, uh, in some cases, five cents a chicken. And one of the reasons that that some of these farmers are switching over is they're becoming sick. These warehouses of animals are filled with ammonia, feces. They've got to go in there to feed these animals. And they're breathing this in even when they're, they have to wear masks. A lot of times they have to wear masks to go in and feed the animals. That's how bad it is. They have to. That's how bad it is. 
and they're still, it's going through their pores and they're getting sick. So when they get sick is often when they say, this is not working for me. And um, it's, I'm not making as much money. I've got this onerous loan. I'm making five cents a chicken or whatever. Let's say it's 37 cents a chicken. It's still minuscule. They're just, you know, treading water to stay in place. They're getting sick. The um, runoff is, you know, just horrific of the feces and the blood. They literally have lakes of blood, some of these concentrated animal feeding operations. They're not really farms anymore. They're called CAFOs, concentrated animal feeding operations. The animals never see the sky. They never touch the grass. The only time they see the outdoors is on the rides of the slaughterhouse. And often that's a grueling ride without food or water for many uh, hours and days even. And they're legally allowed to transport them for uh, days. I don't know exactly. It depends state by state what, how much time precisely. But, you know, they're in these open air trucks in, in the heat. It's too hot in the cold. Sometimes they arrive frozen solid. So, you know, you're, you're participating in this. You're seeing it. Yeah. It's, you're absorbing it. And it's affecting you psychologically with depression and other alcoholism and everything else. Not, oh. not mentioning anybody specifically, but in general, we know this. Oh, I know it. You know, it's, it's, it's terrible what, you know, what these, uh, these animals have to endure. You know, and, you know, and also cannibalism is a big piece of it. You know, these animals die, you know, right at their feet. And they're, so they're eating, you know, each other. It's, uh, it's terrible. You know, I do want to uh, go back to the, the, the question about how to get involved just for a second, if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, you know, that because some of the others that are involved, uh, you know, we, because we have a, we, we approach the farmers from the bottom up. You know, we don't, we don't do this top down. We really want to make sure the farmers are stable before we do anything. And so uh, the farmers we're working with now, uh, Jennifer and Rodney Barrett in Arkansas, you know, we had to really stabilize them financially. Not me personally. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could help them all. I wish I could give everybody. Well, we did. We did a uh, campaign here on Jane Unchained Live to raise some money for yeah, cows. Of course. So they had, because once they stop killing the animals, those animals yeah. still have to eat. And this is a problem that society is going to have to deal with. Yes. We have what? How many tens of millions of cows do we have? 90 million 90 cows in million America? 90 million cows. So yeah. let's say we all got smart and we all stopped eating them. We have. Uh, she has, but let's say society stops. Well, then what do we do with these 90 million cows? They still have to be fed. There are a lot of problems. The first thing we need to do is stop producing them. And feminists, take note. Any feminist listening, you know, the phrase is rape is rape, right? Well, all these animals are raped into existence. I covered crime for years. It's a rape abduction and murder operation. First, the animals are raped. In fact, the industry term, and you can look it up, online is rape rack. And uh, so they're sexually violated. None of them are making love in these factory farms. No. <laughs> and uh, then the babies are abducted from them and uh, tortured in their own ways, dehorned, tail docking, have their beaks branded. cut off, branded, uh, you know, tagged with, you know, oh, uh, prodded, prodded. Yeah. And then they're all killed. Yeah. It's a rape, abduction and murder operation. Absolutely. And when I say that, I'm not judging anybody. I am simply stating the facts. Um, you know, I've been working really hard to open my heart to everybody trapped in the system. The people are good people. It's the system that is evil. Yes. 
That's what Dr. Silesh Rao says. He is a um, PhD systems analyst from Stanford who's trying to transform our culture into a culture of normalized nonviolence. That's right. And he says, you know, it's just like Nazi Germany. It wasn't that all of a sudden everybody turned evil. It was an evil system that took hold. And people like to say, well, if I lived in that system, I would have stood up and done something. But the truth is that in most cases, whether you're talking about human slavery, uh, women's suffrage, uh, Nazi Germany, or anything that's happening, the vast majority of people do nothing. Because in order to do something, you have to take rests and you're going to get blowback. You know, uh, look at the Underground Railroad. People risk their fortunes, their careers, their standing in the community, even in the North, because there was a time when if you were caught participating in the Underground Railroad, you could be criminally charged. They risked it all, but that was a very tiny percentage of people, you know? Uh, so we're not castigating people. We're talking about a system that is fundamentally sociopathic and corrupt and morally bankrupt. And people are waking up. Uh, the biggest IPO of 2019, the biggest initial public offering of 2019 was last week Beyond Meat. Okay, Beyond Meat Burger. I'm wearing my little Beyond Meat band here because I'm so happy about it. Tommy's favorite. You know, Beyond Meat Burgers. They look like burgers. They taste like burgers. You don't have to kill animals. You don't have to destroy the environment. You don't have to get heart disease because there's no cholesterol in them. So people are waking up. Um, so tell me about that, about changes you see, because you're in the heart of cattle country in Texas. Do you see changes? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when Carl Jr.'s right down the road is offering a Beyond Meat burger uh, and you can get it for free, uh, like my husband did the other day, my, Tommy goes to Carl's Jr., you know, at least once or twice a week, uh, maybe more. But, you know, because he, you know what he loves? He loves being able to zip into a fast food joint and buy them. Just the fact that he can do it. Yeah. You know, and, and just the fact that you're able to do this. Like when we go to uh, Taco Bell, Tommy knows the, the vegan options. You know, he makes it his business to know the vegan options. You know, Texas, hashtag TX, is going vegan. You know, Texas is going vegan. Let's sing a couple of bars. Texas is <laughs> going vegan. Texas is going vegan. Texas is going vegan right now. Please don't have a cow. Oh, wow. We got to do a little rehearsal on that. Renee, that was rough. That was a rough one. That was rough. Okay. But we have a good time. We are a joyful lot. We have a great time because, you know, I do get calls from people who say things like, and it's not like I don't have problems or challengers or get sad, but let me tell you, there is something very joyful about knowing no matter what happened today, because I do stupid things on a daily basis, right, Fox? Thank she, God we she can, can Thank God we're human, you know, and I also yeah. want to speak to your point about a system. Yeah. You know, that's the reason, like, the caller that called in earlier, you know, that's got a chip on her shoulder. You know, there's people that are in the systems all the time where, you know, they rather gravitate to negative than positive. You know, if people knew my life and where I came from and what I've endured, they would think, oh, my God, you know, it's a wonder you're not on Skid Row somewhere, you know, uh, doing whatever, you know. But I, too, am in Alcoholics Anonymous yes. in the program. Well, I've been for years. It's anonymous, so we it's can anonymous. say we're sober. Of course, we're sober. I'm a sober girl. I'm sober. And the thing is, I, but I'm not perfect. And what I've done with all of my past life experiences 
is I put all that stuff in the ground as fertilizer so that I can have a better and good life. And I wish that for everybody. I pray, for, I do, I pray for everybody out there, everybody. Oh yeah, and you know, they say, do not regret the past. Or wish that, to shut the door. Or wish to shut the door on it. Our experience, strength, and hope can be of service to other people. And it's the same thing with eating animals. You know, it's not about, oh, you bad person, you're eating animals. No, it's really not a smart thing to do right now. Um, we are all being brainwashed to do it and told it's normal. It's not normal. And um, that doesn't mean that you have to feel bad. All you have to do is get rid of the behavior and help somebody else see the light. And that's really the basis of all human evolution. Um, I didn't, I wasn't born vegan, you know? Uh, so we are all a work in progress. It's so cool to see these kids being born vegan. Oh yeah. You know, like Phoenix, yeah, yeah. John and uh, yeah. Amy's baby. Yeah. And uh, like Ellen Dent is about to have this, you know, vegan baby. I mean, it's so cool to, to see families uh, that are raising their kids vegan. It's so beautiful. It's a perfect perfect opportunity to see that children are programmed to eat animals. It's not natural. It is not natural to give a baby uh, that, that you have in your arms the milk of another species, ever. It's not natural to do that. Uh, you know, it's not natural to, to give a little baby, you know, a, a baby chicken or a little rabbit to gnaw on, you know, instead of a grape or a peach. You know, that's not natural. We are taught these things and it yeah. starts in our family. And one of the things that Chef Babette of Stuff I Eat, who was just on the Steve Harvey show, uh, said to me that I thought really resonated. It's very simple. When you don't eat fruits and vegetables, they rot. Yes. Okay, so... They That's were good. put here for us to eat because if we don't eat them, they rot. Okay. Now, um, yeah. So that's a, a hint. Hello. It's put right there. If you don't eat it, it rots. Right. So, um, and by the way, we're throwing out a huge percentage of our food. It's either 40% or fifth or whatever. But and if I don't Americans, eat my chickens, if I don't eat my chickens that are out there, uh, they're not going to rot. They're going to no, live their life. They're going to live their life. And they're going to run around <laughs> and, and peck at the ground and eat their food. And they're going to be just like the birds that we have in our neighborhood, et cetera. I love that analogy. So, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. But, you know, the other thing is that we are being brainwashed to believe that tradition is eating animals. And I've had people from all cultures, okay, say to me, oh, I could never go vegan, I'm, and then name a culture. Oh, I'm Irish, I'm Puerto Rican, I'm Mexican, I'm Italian, I'm Polish. And you know what? It's all nonsense. It is. The truth is that we are eating more animals than we've ever eaten in the history of humankind. It's a new thing. It's not an old thing because CAFOs, concentrated animal feeding operations, are a new thing. Fast food came on the scene in the late 50s, early 60s. Okay, the McDonald's of the world started sprouting up. Then to supply that, we had the concentrated animal feeding, the industrialization of animal agriculture. Money, money, money. Okay, so this is all about people getting rich. And let me tell you, the people getting rich are not farmers. Right. They're like the lift drivers of the friggin' industry. And the so-called farmers, the people who are getting the big subsidies from government, they are rich people who have never gotten their hands dirty, who've never been in a farm, they've never had to walk through one of the CAFOs, and they live in Manhattan. Yeah, and you know, one of the things Tommy always says, that, you know, uh, I mean, I think I'm starting to get it now, because it used to irritate me and piss me off, but he would say, you know, my, 
my great grandpa would roll over in his, in his grave if he saw how animals are killed today and treated. My great grandpa, you know, didn't kill animals this way. But he knew, you know, before they were skinned or had their legs cut off, you know, my great grandpa would know they were they were totally, you know, deceased, dead. You know, they would even though it wasn't, you know, you cannot humanely kill an animal. I'm not condoning that. That's one of the reasons I would get irritated and mad at him when he would start talking about this. But the truth of the matter is, especially since I've been thinking about this expo idea, uh, creating the expo for, uh, you know, for the rancher advocacy program. The truth of the matter is, hundreds of years ago, the way animals were confined is nothing like it is today. They were in, they were in big pastures. They were not even fenced in. They were, you know, you had to round them up and, and just go off like cowboys, you know, but it wasn't like this. Uh, but, you know, today it's unbelievable the way these animals are commodified or slammed in together are, are in these CAFOs, concentrated animal feeding uh, operations. They're concentration camps for animals. That's yes. what they are. And, that and let me tell you. Feces, concentrated urine, concentrated blood, concentrated suffering, concentrated death. And the reason they do it is because when animals move around, just like people, what happens? They burn calories. They are thinking simply in dollars and cents. You immobilize a pig in what's called a pig gestation crate where they can't even turn around to scratch themselves. They are literally put in these torture devices. And the first time I saw a pig gestation crate, I said, this cannot be real. I'll never forget it. I said, no, people couldn't do this to a sentient being. This cannot be real. This has to be made up. And then when I saw the wide shot of thousands and thousands of pigs stacked in these giant warehouses in crates the size of their bodies, never able to turn around. Honestly, it was one of the worst moments of my life. I said, I'm losing my faith in humanity. And it's taken me a lot of time to try to regain my faith in humanity. Mm -hmm. And I am now opening my heart again to humanity. And I am saying, it's not the people, it's the system. Yeah. But when people go, mm, bacon, after you've shown them the videos of the pigs going to slaughter, of the pigs with their tails docked, castrated without anesthesia, kept in pig gestation crates, and they go, right. see no evil, hear no evil, I like my bacon. Yeah, it's just like I always say, you know, if I took a slice of your butt, slice it up real thin, cured it just like you would put some liquid smoke on it and put it in a skillet, I promise you, you probably wouldn't know the difference. Flesh is flesh. You know, seriously, you know, you, you know, and, and just like some of the comments I saw, you know, about somebody was talking about they were raised on a farm. They're going to eat their their uh, meat with their vegetables. Well, you know, of course we were raised on a farm. But what if you were raised by a vegan? You know, what if what if in another life down the road or, or across the state, your twin sister who was given up for adoption was raised by vegans? they would be eating vegan. The point that you made a very, very valuable point. Uh, I saw this comment just now that you were raised on a farm. That's why you're going to eat meat. But see, the thing is, we've got to learn to think for ourselves instead of the way that we were raised. Because just because I was raised by a, a, like a murderer doesn't mean I need to be a murderer, right? I don't have to be what I was raised to be. Yeah. What was it? Somebody said the other day, tradition is basically dead people trying to tell you what to do. Yeah. If, you know, women used to wear chastity belts. 
So should we all wear chastity belts now? Right. right. Okay. You go to a, a country where women are forced to wear burqas. Does that mean, oh, you know, that's okay because they oh, they always, always did, did it, it that way. They were raised that way. I, I mean, mean, what about the Chinese girls that were raised? You know, yeah, to, they had to, to bind their feet. Their feet you know? till, yeah. I mean, traditions are overrated. Wait. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. And that's what I love about rap, honestly. The Rancher Advocacy Program is the farmers, the ranchers can still have the tradition they love of living on the land, loving animals, but they don't have to harm them anymore. You can love the farm without harming animals. Farming without harming, you know, revolutionizing, evolving the American farm, getting away from the antiquated, sick, dead traditions of the past. Come on. And, and let me tell you this, you know, we, we were at VegFest LA, as I've been mentioning, and Chef Babette, who is, I love she's, her. she's in incredible shape. She can do a five minute or a seven minute plank, which I can't do, I'll be honest. <laughs> And she's turning something like set, you know, she's like 69, 69 or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she says she goes, she's obviously vegan. She runs a restaurant here in Inglewood called Stuff I Eat. And she says she goes to the doctor and they say, wait, you're not pre-diabetic. You don't have high cholesterol. Are you sure? Like, what's wrong? Let's retest this. Because the doctors are so intent on getting, yes. on diagnosing you as sick so they can feed you pills and do surgeries because it's a business. Watch What the Health. It's a great documentary. You can just Google it, What the Health. It explains it. It's a profit system. Don't be a sucker. Don't be okay? a sucker. Don't be a sucker because if you look at the TV commercials, your proof is right there. What do they have? Meat, dairy, and pharmaceuticals. Now, they have called the pharmaceutical. They're starting now to call the pharmaceutical companies into account for how they are the big drug pushers. They are the drug pushers. Yeah. They are the cartels. Okay. They hooked millions of people, old people, disabled people. They could care less on incredibly addictive opioids. And there's been a whole slew of articles because now they're finally starting to prosecute the very rich people, the 0.1 percenters who completely underestimated knowing that they were underestimating the addictive nature of these pills and pushed opioids on everybody. They are the drug pushers. Exactly. Okay. And meanwhile, then they give money to all these charities and go accept awards. Okay. Just like Ronald McDonald's goes and, and hooks kids on processed meat, which is officially cancer causing. And then they run the Ronald McDonald house and, Oh, you know, and then right. people go, I love the Ronald McDonald house. It's like, do the friggin' math. Okay. I'm getting upset. Okay, so no, 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 no. Okay, so the point is, don't be a sucker. Don't be a sucker because they are laughing all the way to the bank. And let me tell you something. The people who run these big, big, giant corporations, the ones with the voting stock and all these companies, like uh, the big meat producers, do you think they eat this crap? No. no, they have private chefs that feed their kids very chicken good farmers food. don't eat chickens. Let me put it that way. The ones I know, the ones I've talked to, they don't eat chicken. You know, uh, not at all. You know, and and you know, another great book that you can read uh, is is Dr. Will Tuttle's book, The World Peace mm -hmm. Diet. Oh my God, a great book. And I want to just make sure I say this because the ranchers that get into our program, they have to read that book. They get a private consultation with Dr. Will Tuttle. 
Uh, the other you know, ranchers that get into our program that aren't vegan yet are going to get that. They're going to get a lot more. They're going to get, uh, you know, with, with, with uh, Kip Anderson, Cowspiracy, a, a consultation, with uh, Dr. Chala and Munis Chala, a private co consultation. You know, this hour flew by. Woo! Didn't it, Foxy? Yeah, she said, yes, it did. And I'm, I'm going to join the Ranchers Advocacy Program, too. Mwah! Awesome. All right. Listen, we had a great time. This woman is changing the world. Renee Kingsonen, Rowdy Girl Sanctuary. She's a rowdy girl. So am I. Go to rowdygirlsanctuary.org. Get involved. Keep it rowdy. And remember, peace begins on your plate. Woo! Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Bye.